Matthew chapter 16 and verse 5. Matthew 16, 5. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had what? Forgotten to take bread. All right, so they got on the ship, they went across, and they forgot to take bread with them, and they were worried. You know, when you forget food, you start to worry. What am I going to eat? Verse 6, Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. What's leaven normally used for? The baking of bread. And it's a raising agent. It's like yeast. So he says, Beware of the leaven. So they went, Oh, better not buy leaven from the Pharisees. Verse 7, and they reason among themselves, saying, well, it's because we have taken no bread, so we've got to be careful who we buy our bread from. Verse 8, when Jesus, had, when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have brought no bread? That's not the problem. Do ye not understand? Neither, what's that next word? Neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand? And how many baskets you took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? Now, what's he doing? He's saying, "Didn't you? Don't you remember? I don't need leaven. I don't even need bread. We took five loaves. We fed five thousand. You're 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 forgetting who you're with. You're forgetting what I'm able to do. So don't be worried about um, you know uh, bread and what not having bread. Remember who you're with." And what I can do. You see, Christians are too quick to forget the goodness of God. The apostles forgot how marvelous it was just being with Jesus. Throughout all of Jesus' time with the disciples, they never lacked anything, did they? Even though they didn't have a place to lay their head, even though they had, you know, so many uncertainties, every day they were taken care of, weren't they? But they forgot it. They forgot about Christ's great care of them and of everyone around, even people who just were there for the food. And they they had forgotten that Jesus never let anything happen out of his control. Even when he put them on the boat, they were sinking, and he came to them, and he says, don't worry, it's me. So every step of the way, they should be remembering he's with us. Now, God gives us a memory for good reason. Do you ever think about why we remember things? Well, the Bible, and I won't go through these things, but there's, there's, psychologists can't hold a candle to the Bible. Because the Bible tells you why God gave you a memory. And there are five things right off the bat that are very important. It's how we learn. You learn by stacking things on top of each other. You learn math by learning the simple things and you build it more complicated and you build more on it. I already lost you right there. You never learned math, did you? But you, you build precept upon precept. A principle built upon a... If you don't remember two times two is four, you're never going to get to algebra. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you learn by remembering. It's also, it reminds us to believe God. My memory of how good God has been, my memory of what it was like when I wasn't trusting God, reminds me to believe God. Third, it is why we can praise and be thankful to God. You know, if you don't have a memory of God in your life, you will not be thankful. So God gave you a memory of his interference in your life, of his blessings and sometimes his chastening to get you to go, thank you, Lord. Because you, you, you get to the place where you realize even when God was chastening me, even when God was, was humbling me, he was being good to me. And so our memories 
are, are uh, a motivator for us to praise God. It's also how we measure time. You know, before, uh, how do you measure time without a clock going? Well, yeah, you can look at the sun. Um, sometimes, like here, the sun doesn't get up until 8.30 in the morning. You better get be out the door before 8.30 or 9 in the morning, amen? So, But you measure time by events and by taking note of events and, and by memory that reminds you, oh, i got to go to work. Oh, i got to head home. Memories help us to know, oh, it's time to do this. So it's how we measure time. And they are what we enjoy when we have nothing else. Go to Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs 15 and verse 15. All the days of the afflicted are what? (laughs) So if you see your life as nothing but one after another of affliction, it is going to say it's all evil. But look what the rest of it says. But he that is of a merry, what's the next word? Heart. He that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. They both have the same instances. They both have the same troubles, the same life. They have the same storms. But one of them sees every day as evil. The other one says, bring it on. (laughs) Because memories are, are, are something that you hold on to when you have nothing else. And, and you don't, you don't, you don't have uh, uh, the money, you don't have the friends, you don't have the girlfriend, you don't have whatever you think that you need. He that, I like how it says it there, let me look at it. He that is, that is of a merry heart, if there's joy in your heart, if you have a memory in your heart, it makes what you're going through a feast. Amen? Alright, so, memories are good. And usually a Christian's memory is a good thing. Alright? Usually it is. What comes into our thinking, and the things that we remember from our past, it's a good thing to go over and over in your heart and in your mind. But isn't it true that some memories can be a curse? You know, I had people come and say, you know, Christmas is going to be hard for you this year because my dad died. And I know that's true. But in some ways, it's not because I have some good memories that make up for the sorrow of my dad dying. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so I I could become all absorbed in the event and forget the memories of my dad and memories of where I am and I'm serving God and where I'm going. So memories can be hurtful at Christmas, especially for so many people. Memories of loss and disappointments, sorrows and hurts, especially at Christmas, can can so drain us. And but let me let me warn you. And, 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 and it's, it's not that somebody's more spiritual and somebody's less spiritual if they've got, if they're hurting at Christmas. Let me just say this. There are times to grieve. There is a time for sorrow. There's also a time for joy. And your, your, sometimes your memories are, are, uh, I'm going to say lopsided here, but your memories are important to make sure they don't govern you. Because if you are careful, when you don't make good memories, and every day becomes evil, you're going to be the biggest grouch ever. You're going to murmur, you're going to complain, you're going to gripe. Go to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus 15. 
in verse 24. <clears throat> now Israel, the nation of Israel, has been miraculously freed and delivered from the slavery in Egypt without an army, without a weapon. They've gone through the Red Sea. They have seen God defeat the entire Egyptian army. They have watched um, uh, God opened the Red Sea and on dry land walked through. They've seen all that. In Exodus 15, 24, it says this, and the people murmured against Moses and they said, well, what are we going to drink? Now, why would they do that? You know why? Because they forgot about the Red Sea. Because they forgot about the fire by night and the cloud by day. They forgot about the victory in, in, in Egypt. And so, sometimes... Memories that, that if we don't make good memories, guess what memories we usually make? Bad. And when we have nothing but bad memories, we gripe and complain and we just give out and we ruin what God is trying to do in our life. Did you know, I don't know if you realize it, but the Bible is a book of memories. It is a book of memories. It is God's actions throughout history. Leviticus, go to Leviticus chapter 26. You haven't been there in a while, have you? Leviticus chapter 26, verse 45. <clears throat> Leviticus 26, 45. God says, you know what? And he's going through several times where he says, you know, if Israel doesn't do right, I'm going to have to chasten them. I'm going to have to bring judgment upon them, so on and so forth. And he says, but I will for their sakes, what is he going to always do? I will always, no matter what I have to do when I'm dealing with Israel, no matter how far they get away from me, no matter how much I have to bring chastening into their life or, or correction to their life, I will still, for their sakes, remember the covenant, the agreement that I made with their ancestors, with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the heathen, that I might be their God. Why? Because I am the Lord. So I remember my promises and I keep my promises, God said. Now, in that way, God promises to remember things, doesn't he? Let's go to Hebrews now. Hebrews chapter 8. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 8 and verse Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and, uh, and their sins and their iniquities will I? I will choose to remember no more. So, the key in the Christian life is learning when to remember things and when not to remember things. If you learn that thing, boy, if you learn, if you learn to focus on the good memories, yes, you got to have some bad memories, yes, they are the reality of life, Wow, we need to be actively making good memories. And so I think one of the best reasons to have Christmas is so that you can have some good memories. Not that you can remember about who's not there and what you've been through and what you lost this year, but to remember Jesus and remember the gift of God. So let's talk about making some good memories. Just a few things, thoughts here. Number one, make special days special on purpose. Exodus chapter 12, back to Exodus. Exodus chapter 12, verse 14. Exodus 12, 14. And this day, God speaking, 
shall be unto you for a memorial, something to remember. You shall keep it a feast, we'd say a celebration to the Lord throughout your generations. You're going to remember this throughout all your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Look at chapter 13 and verse 3. Exodus 13, 3. Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which he came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. This day came he out in the month of Abib. God told the nation of Israel to make Passover a day to remember. He actually told them to remember seven specific feasts, but this was the first one and the most important. It was the beginning of their year. Make special days special on purpose. That includes Christmas. Did you know, you say, what makes Christmas so special? The angels did, didn't they? I mean, it must have been awesome to be, I don't know, a couple of dozen shepherds. I can't imagine how many there were. Maybe there were three. I don't know. They're all out there, and they're, they're in at night, and, and they're just sitting there watching over the sheep. They're on the watch for wolves or lions and tigers and bears. I don't know. But as they're out there, the heavens open and what do the angels do? They came in and says, oh, there's a baby born over in Bethlehem. Go see. Is that what they did? Those angels came out and said, Woo! Glory to God! There's a baby born in a manger where sheep eat. Go find him. He's the son of God. He's, um, uh, he's born this day in Bethlehem. He's the savior of the world. They got excited. They made that day special. Now, to Mary and to Joseph, it already was special, but that now everybody was invited to make it special too. So make Christmas on purpose a day to remember. You, know, you ought to have good memories. What memories are your children, your grandchildren making? Do they remember making, um, you know, uh, messes on the table, uh, uh, creating crafts? And, and the glue sticking on the carpet. And, you know, at, at Christmas, we used to make these dumb rings. They say dumb because they took hours. So you'd cut the construction paper, all the different colored construction paper, and you'd cut, seem like thousands of them. And then you'd take glue and you'd take this, this, you know, the wrap it, the, this thin, thinly uh, cut piece of construction paper. You'd wrap it there and you'd put a drop of glue. It was always a glop. And you put a drop of glue, and then you'd hold your fingers, and then your fingers were glued to the paper. And then you'd wrap another one around this way, and you'd make a chain. How many ever made any of those when you were a kid? Amen, amen, amen. All right. Anyway, so the goal was to make one that would drape around the entire room, which took hours. But there was glue on the floor. There was glue on the fingers. There was glue in the hair. But it was a memory. Amen? It was a memory with your kids. What do they remember? Do they remember sitting in front of the television for 16 hours? Do they remember sitting there while grandma and grandpa was there and they're on their phone? What memories are we making? How about the resurrection? How about that day? Do you think that day got emblazoned in the heart of the disciples of a good day that they would never forget? They made, as a matter of fact, that's why Christians still meet on Sunday. Do you know God didn't say, you must meet on the first day of the week? You know, Jesus didn't say that. Do you know why Christians meet on the first day of the week? Because we wanted to make that day special. That's the day Jesus got out of the grave. And we chose to make Sunday the best day. Amen? It is that 
make special days special on purpose. The tendency is for people to have less and less special days these days. But don't neglect to have some special days where you invite. Jesus said, when you, when you have a, a celebration, go out to the highways and hedges. Invite, invite the, um, uh, the, the lame and the, the maimed and the crippled. Be a blessing to people. That's what makes a memory. Hey, go to Luke chapter 15. Luke 15. Luke 15, 20. prodigal son coming home. Verse 20, and he arose and he came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him and the son said to him, and he starts to give his his response trying to be humble and he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven in thy sight and I'm no worthy, no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. Shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. What's he doing? He's making a memory. He's saying, my son is home. Let's celebrate. Let's make this the best day ever. Keep going. Verse 23 or verse 24. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be Mary, I guarantee you that day was never forgotten in that house. Would you agree? I mean, the son could have come home and met a servant, the father busy looking out. Oh, yeah, he's home. A good for nothing, lazy bum of a son. I'll go deal with him when I get biz- when I get finished and would have sent a servant. I'll go, yeah, well, your quarters are down there at the end of the hallway. That's how it could have gone. The father could have been so cruel to just say, I'll talk to you later. You know, I'm busy over here. That would not have been a memorable day. But the father made that day a special day that would never be forgotten. We read it there in Luke chapter 2. with All the things going on around Mary. You know what she was doing? She laid it up in her heart. She made memories of everything. You know what? And I find this to be true. I'm going to step on your toes maybe. I don't mean to. Yes, I do. But anyway... We are so wealthy in our world that we are griping and complaining about everything. Mary had nothing. She had not met the wise men yet. She had not been given gold and and frankincense and myrrh. Mary has a baby now. She has a, a, a husband who is out of work. His job and his business was up in Nazareth. So here they are down at Bethlehem. He's just paid taxes. <laughs> So they have no money, and what is Mary doing? I'm going to make some memories. If I have nothing else, I'm just going to enjoy the wonder of what's going on around me. And you need to do that with your kids, with your family, with your grandkids, with Christians. Just I don't care. If nothing's happening to you, celebrate. Make some memories, because they may be all you've got for a while. Secondly, make room for good memories. Second Corinthians, go to the right, go to Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10, we are very prone to hold on to the memories of our past hurts and disappointments and especially our failures. Second Corinthians chapter 10 in verse 5. 
And, and listen, I'm not saying that you can forget those memories. Don't do that. But don't, don't let them be so up and powerful and dominant. Look at, um, um, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5. Casting down, what's the next word? So where are your imaginations? In your head and in your heart. They're kind of connected. Casting down. Did you know it doesn't say casting out? You're always going to have the memory of the times when you've been hurt. Amen? You're always going to have the times when people abandon you, when they let you down, when somebody on purpose hurt you or not on purpose hurt you, but you still got hurt. You're going to have those things. But what happens is we allow them to take such prominence, to set up their throne in our life, to set up their stronghold in our heart, that we think that they define us. I'm a failure. Maybe an addiction becomes all you think about. The worst thing to do is, is constantly all day long going, I gotta give up smoking. I gotta give up. I can't smoke. I can't smoke. You know what you're gonna do? You're gonna smoke. Cause all you're doing is thinking about smoking and thinking about not smoking. It's that, that addiction, whatever it is, when you think about it, when it becomes prominent in your thoughts, that's your memory and that's who you are as long as you give it that power. And the Bible says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And what else do I need to do? I need to bring into captivity every thought and memory to the obedience of Christ. Uh, truly, we believe that the bad things in our life define who we are. Financial ruin, maybe a failure in our marriage, maybe just a series of stupid decisions. And so we constantly replay those thoughts and those memories over and over and over until they're burned in our thinking and that's all we think about. That's all we think about. It's important to dethrone them. It's important for you to realize you have been given authority to take those thoughts and throw them down so that you can make room for a better memory. Amen? The reason why we sometimes live afflicted is not because we've been afflicted, it's because we've let the affliction take so control of our memories and of our thoughts that we can't escape from the memory of our hurt. Instead of saying, bud, I got hurt, but I'm not going to let you define me. I'm not going to let you define and make how I react and how I live. I'm going to put you aside and let another memory take its place. Paul says in Philippians 3, he says, forgetting the things which are behind. Why? So I can reach forth to those things which are before. Don't remember everything. Some of these you need to just turn your back on and walk away. Make room for better memories. I heard an example. This is kind of funny. You need to remember this. I heard an example of a marriage counselor on a radio talk show. And this woman calls in and says she's constantly depressed because of her boyfriend dumping her. So she describes being suicidal. She's unable to work. She's totally defeated in life. He sat and he listened to her go on and on and on. And then she finally said, well, he said, I'm going to give you one word that is the answer to all your problems. She said, one word? He said, yep, one word. I want you to put your phone down right now, go to the front door of your house, open up the door, and at the top of your lungs, scream as loud as you can, next! I want you to go out to that door and tell the world you're expecting men to line up for interview. 
and you are going to move on and enjoy companionship again. You're going to start making relationships again. And she started to laugh like she hadn't laughed in years. And I think that's priceless, all right? <laughs> Honestly, where, where she could just live in the discouragement, the defeat, that somebody stopped loving her, that somebody thought that she wasn't good enough, and she lived there, and he says, no, make room for a new relationship. Now, that is how you do with memories. Organize your heart and mind with the Bible. Go to Psalm 119, 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have some more thoughts on that next thing, but I thought I'll leave it for another day. It's good message thoughts there. Psalm 119, verse 11. Isn't it just like the devil to get you to forget that there may be a next? There may be something better around, whatever, whatever you've gone through. Maybe the Lord pruning and saying, that wasn't good enough for you. I got something better anyway. Psalm 119, verse 11, the Bible tells us, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So to hide away God's word doesn't mean like normally we do with our socks under the bed. To hide God's word away means like a filing cabinet where you store away the word of God in sequence as you understand it in order and in, in association, uh, truths and, and, and history and, and you hide it away just like you hide your dishes. How many of you hid your dishes away after you did your wash this week? You hid them away, didn't you? Why'd you do that? So that you can go find them again. So that you know where they are. So that you can pull them out and you say, here's the plate. Instead of going, well, I wonder if it's under the bed. Where'd that plate go? No, you put it away on purpose. So what I'm trying to tell you is hide God's word away where? All right, not just in our head, but in the place that we make our memories, put God's word there because the Bible seems to, and it's a miracle, but it seems to filter our memories. It seems to be able to help us not to understand always, but to handle our memories. Fourthly, remember people more than duties. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Technology has taken over the family, taken over people. We're so prone to seek to have something that does something. You know, when I was growing up, you know, I had Legos. They did nothing. There were no motors. There was, uh, I had something called Lincoln Logs. You, some of you Americans know what a Lincoln Log is. Amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> we had Lincoln, you know what Lincoln Logs were? It goes back to Abraham Lincoln. But a Lincoln Log was just this piece of wood. It was real wood when I was a kid. And it was, it was notched so that you could lay another notched piece of wood and you could build a house. It looked like a log cabin. But you could build a house with rooms and windows. But you know, you dump that thing out there and they did nothing. Used your imagination. I made a memory. I can still remember building stuff with my kids out of Legos. Joel was marvelous. He would look at Legos. He would make a city almost, man. It was just a joy to watch him use his imagination and take things that didn't do anything and make something cool. You know what people want? They want an Alexa. How many of you know what an Echo Dot is or an Alexa? 
Anybody, you guys are so blessed. But in America, everybody's got this stupid little circle things. looks like a hockey puck. In their home, they go, Alexa, what's the weather outside? The weather outside is it's raining and four degrees, and tomorrow it will be sunny. And they're constantly... Now, i got to warn you, my mom was given one by my younger brother two or three Christmases ago. And my mom was talking on the phone to somebody and said, good night. And the Alexa go, the Alexa over on the other side went, good night. My mom unplugged that Alexa real quick. It was listening to her all the time. But people want an Alexa. They want things to be doing stuff around them. Yet our families don't know each other. Christians don't know each other. I was really blessed by how many of you tried to be a blessing to me, sending me off going to uh, America on that quick trip to go for a memorial for my dad. But you know, I'm kind of, it's kind of unfair because there are plenty of other people who are going through hard times too and we don't know about it. Not that we need to be prying, but you know, if we just got up from our iPhone and looked around, we could see some people are hurting. Amen? Remember people more than duties. Make people important. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he, Jesus, entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost not, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bitter, therefore, bid her, therefore, that she help me. What was her problem? It was not just Jesus there. Who all was in the house? Peter, James, John, Nathaniel, Bartholomew, um, uh, Judas, Simeon, Anna. Although there's 12 other men besides Jesus and she's busy worrying about what she's got to do. Verse 41, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Only one thing is needful. We usually say, just go get some popcorn and let's eat. But popcorn takes time to cook too, you know. Just bring us some bread. One thing is needful. And guess what? Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Guess what Mary got? A memory. She got something that will never leave her because she met, she made People more important than all the duties of Christmas or all the duties of, of our, our special days. Just stop at Christmas. Now, some of you may do this. But just stop at Christmas and listen. Listen. You know, I, I love having a full house. I love, and, and because of all the sounds, it just is joyful. Now, it's stress. I know all that. But just stop and listen to the laughter, the joy. The, the people talking and, and the, um, I don't know, the Christmas music you're playing in the background. Don't be like Martha where you're cumbered about and you're missing the moment. Somebody said it this way. I think it was Eric who said, kiss. Keep it simple, saints. Keep it simple, saints. That'll be a good Christmas, amen? Be a good anything. Keep a journal. Exodus 13, back to Exodus chapter 13. We forget things because we don't write them down. <clears throat> I think it was my wife who said, oh, you preached something. There was one good point, only one, that you said this morning, but I forget what it is. 
I go, write it down next time. I mean, what are they going all that effort for? Exodus chapter 13 and verse 14. Exodus 13, 14. And it shall be when thy son asketh thee in a time to come, saying, What is this that thou shalt say to him by the strength of hand that the Lord brought us out from Egypt from the house of bondage? What was going on? The dad was on purpose remembering the Passover. Why? So that the son, so that the daughter, so that the family members would come together and go, what is all this? And they go, I want to tell you about when God saved us. I want to tell you about what happened when, 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 when God delivered us. Keep a journal. Nehemiah did this when he wrote the book of Nehemiah. Now, I know he did it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but I bet he sat down and he said, you know, I'm about to embark on a big deal. I'm about to try and do something impossible. So I might as well start writing. <laughs> and he wrote it down. Did you know there was a guy named Elihu who wrote down everything that Job and his three friends said? I mean, he must have been writing furiously. But he wrote it all down, and that was a blessing to Job so that he could review, in my darkest hour, God was there. Elihu kept a journal for Job. Did you know David kept a journal? He recorded all his troubles and his blessings. You know what his journal is called? Psalms. You're reading his journal, his ups and his downs. Matthew wrote a journal. It was about the life of Christ. Paul, he didn't write a journal. Luke wrote the journal. Luke wrote about, we were in a shipwreck. We nearly died. We <laughs> that was Luke writing the book of Acts. You know, nobody may ever read your journal, but you ought to remember some things, and writing it down will help you. Today, God was good to me. God answered prayer. God was there when I needed him. Keep a journal. Somebody ever say, what's so special about today? Oh, let me tell you. I was just reading about it in my journal. Something, something happened, and I just want to share it with you. Anchor everything to your walk with God. Go to Micah 6.8. Micah, before Matthew, go back a few books. Micah 6, 8. Anchor everything that's going on around you to your walk with God. Micah 6, 8. <clears throat> you hopefully know this verse. Micah 6, 8. Speaking of God, He has showed thee, O man, that's you and me, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to what? Okay, so God doesn't there say, make sure you have good memories. He doesn't say that. He says, I will have good memories when I walk with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your memories will actually be better experienced when you're enjoying them with somebody. Is that not true? Anybody like going through a memory alone? Ah, that's why we get married. That's why we have kids. That's why we have church. Because there's, it's not enjoyable just, just being by yourself. Well, let me tell you. The Lord promised he'd go through it with you too. So enjoy memories in your walk with God with him. Don't ever allow yourself to feel alone. Because that would be wrong for a Christian. We're 
Paul and Silas alone in the prison. Oh, man. The Lord showed up and shook that prison, opened all the doors, the chains fell off. What were they doing? They were walking with God in that prison. They were singing to God as if he was there. They were praising God. And and God gave them a memory. Amen? Anchor everything that you experience to your walk with God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because I am strong. No? What's the answer? Because thou art with me. Do something worth remembering. How do you make a memory? Go to Mark 14 again. Mark 14. Mark 14, 3. Mark 14, 3 to 9, And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, a spikenard, very precious. She broke the box and poured it on his head, and there was there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? Were they making a good memory that night? No. <laughs> They're furious. They're making a bad memory. Verse 5, For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence. And have been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. You know, again, that attitude created murmuring. Verse 6, And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. She's done something worth remembering. For ye have the poor always with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good, but me ye not have always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand. To anoint my body to the burying, burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be remembered, shall be spoken of for a memorial. I want everybody to remember what she did. Why? Because she did something worth remembering. We don't know what Martha fixed for dinner, do we? We have no idea what Lazarus wore. Okay? We don't know what the house looked like. We don't know if it was swept. We don't know anything. But we know Mary was sitting at his feet. And we know later on that Mary brought in an alabaster box, poured it on him. It filled the room with air. And Jesus said, don't ever forget this night. She did something worth remembering. Now, you don't have to be spectacular. But if you want to have good memories, make them. You make them. Don't expect everybody to come at you and go, oh, I want to make your day great. (laughs) You go out of your way and you make something great just by being a blessing to others. Just be a blessing to others. Lastly, always allow your pastor to put you in remembrance. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1 and we'll be finished. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. Peter's a good pastor. He says this, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in... Remember, I'm always going to remind you of some things. I'm always going to make sure you have some good memories. Though you know them, they're in there, but you just don't remember them. And I want to make sure that you are established in the present truth. Yeah, I think it meet as long as I'm in this tabernacle, speaking of his body, as long as I'm in this body... 
it is proper for me to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. What does stir you up? What do you think that means? Excite you. I like that. Good. Motivate you. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me, he says, one of these days I won't be around. I'll be dead, just like Jesus said. I was going to die a martyr. But until that day, verse 15, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. What is he wanting? He wanted those believers to always remember. And that's why he wrote these things down. That's why he preached. That's why he taught. That's why he sat them down. He said, I'm going to remember. I know you know these things. I know you know this. I know it's not, I know it's not new, but you need to be stirred up. You need to be excited. You need to be reminded. You need to have these memories. Allow your pastor to remind you of things you ought to be remembering. And you'll have some good memories. God gave us a memory for good reason. It's how we learn. It reminds us to believe God. It is why we end up praising and being thankful to God when we have good memories. No memory of God's goodness, you'll have no praise. It's how we measure time. Listen, I can remember when our kids were small. It was a long time ago, thankfully. But I can measure time because things change and I have memories of things changing. Five, memories are what we can enjoy when we have nothing else. We need to be actively making good memories. And I want Christmas to be a time not of debt, not of stress, not of of, uh, duty, not of all the activities, but of simple things that make for good memories. That's what I want. I hope you want it too. So would you stand with me in bound prayer? And let's ask God to help us to make some good memories this Christmas and always thereafter. Father, we do bow before you and we thank you for the examples throughout the Bible of you encouraging people to make good memories. Because we do often forget. We forget how, just how good you are. We forget how good you've always been. We forget what you've done in our lives. We forget what you're, what you're trying to do. We forget about what we're supposed to be doing. We forget people. We get caught up in all the duties of all the things. And we've, we miss a memory. And Lord, I know the world goes through and can't wait to get Christmas over with. But Lord, we ought to stop and enjoy it and savor it. It may be the last Christmas we've got. Our kids, our grandkids are worth us stopping and just holding hands and hugging and saying, I want to keep this as a memory. Because maybe all that we have for a while. Lord, you do give us good memories. I pray that we'd be willing to do something, especially dethroning all the bad ones, so we can put some good ones in place. So, Lord, I am determined to have some good memories. I pray that we all would be now in Jesus' name.